man, what an intro. Gotta love it. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Uh, definitely the, the Halloween special episode. Uh, for those of y'all tuning in for the first time, my name is Christian. There's Omar and Dela. Glad to be here for another week. A lot of stuff going on. We're you know right up until the election here. We got four more days for four more years. And I'll be, let's get into it. You guys got your costumes? You guys got your Halloween costumes? No? <laughs> Unfortunately not. I think COVID is just it's just ruined the whole spirit of everything. So <laughs> yeah, for Halloween, you know, can't cancel it. Well, I can't do that. The whole show like this, man. Ain't nobody stopping that. I'm saying. There we go. You are a mess. Seriously. Man. Uh, man. Before we get into it, I uh, got to have another big shout out to Amanda Spears. Designs everything for us with our graphics. Does a fantastic job. Love that intro. We're going to keep rolling on it. It's going to look even better in these next few weeks. Uh, feel free to give her a follow on Spears, put her to Matthew Spears, and she writes blogs and articles on PM.com. Check those out. Man, so we're four days out. Election's on Tuesday. How's everybody feeling? Omar, <laughs> how are you feeling, Mr. Policy uh, Man? <laughs> uh. Okay, I've taken classes on this. I've done seminars on um, watching polls and doing averages and all of this. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I created a map. Um, I, I, can you pull it up, Christian? I, I sent. I know I sent you three. Do the presidential map. I don't. Which one do you want? Because I know I got my map loaded up here, but I don't. Let me. Let me no, go look my map you. should be filled out. I sent you a filled out one. Yeah, I don't think I loaded that one up just yet. I don't because you sent me links and articles. You didn't send me any screenshots, so that's the. Oh, oh, wow. yeah. Anyway, basically, Trump wins all of the battleground states except Arizona. I'm not feeling as confident about Arizona, but I've seen an uptick with Arizona. Uh, so he could win it. He could win Minnesota. He was only he only lost about forty four thousand votes. Then again, um, with this push to vote and um, this turnout, I've been seeing. I just don't know. Well, we're not going to know for probably weeks, to be honest with you. We're just going to throw it throws partial part of the Constitution in a frenzy just because of that. Um, but. I, what I do hope is whoever does eventually lose after all the recounts and stuff officially concedes and we don't have a and don't and we don't have a Stacey Abrams on our hands because Stacey has not conceded yet <laughs> and, it's been two weeks, and it's been two uh years so no that's uh, definitely want to avoid it um let me see here I think I'm Almost able here to pull up what you got here, Omar. To load for me, just to get a good interactive look at your map here. Um, 
in the meantime, there's a I got a cool uh, plausible uh, possibility here. Um, nobody thinks it's you know nobody thinks I'm for real here. Anybody thinks it's gonna happen, but I think we've got a really good chance to see. I think we've got a really good chance for a, a Kanye sweep through the, the whole election. I, you know, <laughs> I think, not on the side, he can't lose. He can't, he can't lose every single electoral vote, man. The <laughs> is going to go global. You won't see it anywhere else but here. The only prediction for it came from here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, that's I mean, funny. I think that's awesome. That would be something. That would be something. That's funny. Just off of like just random tip, I just feel like there's a space for Kanye, just not now. Like, I just feel like he does have a space, like in the political arena, maybe possibly in the future. It's just not now. <laughs> I think he's got a lot of good energy. Now, I don't know where. I know he's got something he wants to do with it. And he's uh, I think he's still trying to figure out what it is mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, you know, he thinks it's the presidency right now, and I'm not going to tell him it's not. You know. I'm not gonna be the person telling me that it's not, but right. hey, it's a it's a big job. Yeah, it's a big job that honestly uh, I don't know too many people that really want it. Uh, <laughs> here we go your map, Omar. This looks good to you. Oh man, I wish you could zoom in. Um, now my map, I I will tell everyone I lead my own life with a lot of skepticism. So I'm skeptical about everything. Um, so this map was created with a lot of skepticism. And as you can see here, um, I did. I do think Trump wins Michigan. I'm holding out for him on Michigan. I, I don't think it's without a question that, of course, it's going to carry Texas, Ohio, Iowa. They've been trending Republican for the for the last few years, I think we keep those. Georgia, I'm in the ground. I'm on the ground here in Georgia. I think he carries Georgia, maybe not by much, but I think he carries it. Florida, I'm pretty sure he carries Florida. I, Christian, you're there in Florida. Um, so I, I, I can't tell what the foot traffic is down there, but um, for what I've been seeing, I think he carries Florida. Same with North Carolina. Um, I think he carries Wisconsin. Uh, people have been trying to make that state blue since it went red because it was the state that put him over the top in 2016. I think he, I think he gets it. I think Biden wins Arizona just because of the push for the Latino vote there. Um, and also, when you're watching these races, watch your Senate races and your governor's races as well. Unless there's something real shaky with those candidates. Usually, whoever pulls the lever at the president, it usually goes down the line. Um, so, but I'm going to say with Arizona, Martha McSally is in trouble there. And I know I'm going to talk about the Senate and the governorship later, but I think since Martha McSally is in trouble there, it's going to go to Biden. Um, now, one and one more thing about this map. You, you see where in Maine and in Nebraska, you see the stripes. That means that one congressional district, one of their electoral votes 
goes by the congressional district. So that means that Nebraska may have a congressional district that is blue and will go, and that one electoral vote will go to Biden. Um, it's usually like that. It, that's how the map usually goes. But um, yeah, I do think Trump ends up with 291 electoral votes. I'm still hoping for over 300. But realistically, I think it's a slim margin, but I'd rather take a slim win than no win at all. I mean, mine, uh, I don't know if I want to go uber depth with it, but I can tell you what I've been saying on the grounds here in Florida. Uh, for the most part, down here in South Florida, Miami-Dade, uh, people are worried. Uh, the Dems are worried. And they're worried because early voting turnouts have been showing up pretty red. And it's really great to see so far. This is the biggest county in the state. Uh, if Miami-Dade were to go red, I, I think Florida is definitely you know, safe, safe bet to, to go to the president here. Uh, we still got work to do out here. You know, we still got a few more days and a lot of stuff to see. But everywhere I go, I see cars. I see caravans full of flags, Trump flags, people waving it over overpasses all the way up into West Palm Beach. Uh, I, I think Florida is going to go. I think it's going to go uh, the way we want it to this election. Uh, I think, you know, uh, there could be some other, you know, factors at play, but I, I think overall, I think it's going to, you know, be a good election. I'm pretty optimistic about it. What I am worried about, however, is the state of Arizona, a uh, place that's very uh, close to home for me. All right. I love near, it's near and dear to my heart. Go in here. Uh, this is my map. Uh, I don't have a clear 270 uh, winner for anybody. Uh, I've got Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona up for grabs. Arizona, I'm really worried about. Honestly, you see the president campaigning there all this week. Mike Pence is out there today. He was just up in Flagstaff. I just saw that. It was pretty good. But typically, that's not a place where we have to keep campaigning continuously multiple times in a day throughout the week. Uh, and... Uh, Conversely, on the contrary side, too, Joe Biden had to go to Minnesota today. And Minnesota is a place that hasn't gone red in, uh, was it over 40 years now? And, right. you, you know, that's something that possibly is up for grabs here. I wouldn't necessarily count on Minnesota going red. I still have it as a slightly going Democrat blue here. Uh, Wisconsin, a lot of the citizens in Wisconsin are fed up with the governor, Tony Evers. They don't like him. They don't like the shutdowns. People want to open up again. They want their economy back. Wisconsin's a toss-up. Uh, still, there's a good blue wave there going through. We saw it in 2018. That's why but we're not really sure. Michigan, again, 2018 midterms. Uh, you see the election of Rashida Tlaib. That whole progress did go through in Michigan. And so now 2020, things are kind of rebounding. The shutdowns, people don't like Gresham Whitmer. And I think it could go red, but again, it's a toss-up. We don't know what's going to happen out there and what role uh, Detroit and what role Michigan is going to come through with. Uh, Pennsylvania, I, I originally had it down as a toss-up, but I do think it's going to be slightly – it's going to go slightly red here. I just don't think anyway with Joe Biden banning fracking and his whole stamp of fossil fuels that those people are going to be very grateful for. It. I don't think that it's going to go in his favor at all. And I, I think overall, I, I think it's going to go that way. Um, I, I, you know, I'm hopeful, and I hope this election's called on election night like it should be. 
funny business isn't appreciated right now. Of all things, there's a lot of people with a lot of anxiety. I think they just want it to be over. I think a lot of us just want it to be done and over it and get on with the results and let's get on with our lives. But yeah, yeah I, I think I'm I'm trending trending to more towards that side more like just kind of like come on election bring it in let's get it over with like it's it's too much anxiety around it like you know too much you know people are in fear of if if which candidate wins i'm just over like the chatter around it i'm ready to see who's going to you know come out successful personally i do believe that, that the president is going to be reelected but you know there's so much going on especially on the ground like like you omar pointed to it with early voting we've seen this push before you know especially in the you know in our community um during the obama era you know with early voting and pushing people to get to the polls busing people in all this extra you know just extra stuff to get to motivate people to vote so just brings in the conversation of like you know making it this right to vote for everyone and who's voting is the question and how many times are people voting or it, it's just a brings in a big deal so me personally i'm just overhearing about it i can't wait to see the results next week and we'll you know see who who wins <laughs> um one thing christian i wanted to say your your map didn't show a clear winner and if it does end up like that there is good news um well it could also be mixed news as well it goes, if there's no clear winner in the Electoral College, it goes to the House, right? But it goes by state delegations. So therefore, California has the same number of votes as Mississippi. They all have one vote. And it goes by um, how blue or how red your state is, basically. Um, right now, as it stands for this House, we would, we would win by two votes, 26 to 24. Trump would win. Um, now in the Senate, if the Senate goes blue, on the other hand, and I I, prob I honestly can't tell you which Senate would be voting for this, whether it would be the new Senate or the current Senate, um, but if it's the new Senate and the Senate goes blue, we could potentially see a Trump-Harris unity ticket, um, and, which that is, and because we don't know what's gonna happen on Tuesday, that could be a possibility. Or um, if the old Senate, get, if people get their seats back, we'll see Trump Pence. Um, there's a lot of possibilities out there, but I did just wanna um, explain that for our viewers that if it does go to the House, um, I believe it's a safe bet Trump still wins just because of how that election go. It does not go by individual seats, it goes by states and how many red or blue folks you have in your states. I, I, I'm optimistic. You know, I'm not going to act like I got the answers because I don't. <laughs> but, uh, I know that there's some really hotly contested Senate races. Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. Uh, his race is really contested. Martha McSally definitely isn't the favorite in Arizona. Uh, and so they, these are important races in important states. And to keep a Senate majority, we're going to need some people to come through. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what it's going to boil down to. Uh, not going to lie, I would have liked if Lindsey Graham would have done what he should have done the whole time in his whole time as a senator. Uh, I think that some of it's kind of come back to bite him a little bit. And he's going to have to deal with that. I hope it didn't hurt him too much, but it is what it is. <laughs>
Jeez. All right, man. Um, so, what do we got? for your policy, Omar? Or you got something else you want to get into? Well, yeah, I said, and I know I sent this via text, and I should have sent it via email. Didn't think about that, but I did have two more maps. They're not presidential maps. I look at Senate races and I look at governor's races. Um, first off, for Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham keeps the seat. It's going to be slim, razor thin margin. But Lindsey Graham's going to keep the seat. It's it's very hard to see people. It, this is what my um, former political science uh, professor, Dr. Antizel, told me. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's very hard seeing people, especially with um, the manner of candidate Trump is, very hard to see people not people pulling a Trump lever and now pulling a Harrison lever instead of a Graham lever. So if Trump wins the state, it, it's going to be, it would be a big surprise, a big shocker if Lindsey Graham loses his seat. Now, on the other hand, we let's go to Maine. Maine, um, that's where Suzanne Collins is at. Suzanne Collins is the last Republican standing in the, in the New England states for Congress or the Senate. Um, if she wins, I mean, that's just a testament to her and how well she's a, a campaigner. If she loses, the this state's been blue for decades. So um, right now, I do expect her to lose. I have that as a Democratic pickup. I have Colorado as a Democratic pickup right now. That state is purple. Cory Gardner has been a good senator, but the state's purple. They have a Democratic governor, Governor Hickenlooper, who is running as a Democrat for that Senate seat. He's very popular there. Um, he, I mean, he was popular in years where Republic, where you saw red waves and he still won re-election as governor there by about five percentage points. So I'm going to be safe and give that seat over to him. Montana is a sleeper. And you, 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 you would think like Montana, Montana's not, shouldn't be a sleeper. It is Steve Bullock, current governor, Democrat, very popular there. But I do not see him um, beating Steve Daines. Steve Daines is popular there too. Plus, they're going to pull the Trump lever. So I think they don't pull the Bullock lever. Although they could because they did that for um, Bullock when he was governor. Um, now, in my state now, Georgia, Georgia has two, two Senate seats, a six-year term for David Perdue. David Perdue's facing John Alsop. And if you remember, John Alsop was a guy that didn't even live in his congressional district when he ran a, a few years ago against Karen Handel. Now he wants to run for Senate. Right now they're in a dead heat, um, but that's because there's a libertarian candidate running. So it will go to a runoff. The Democrats usually don't show up in runoffs. That seat is secure. Kelly Loeffler versus Doug Collins versus Raphael Warnock, who is the pastor of Martin Luther King's old church, Ebenezer Baptist. Warnock is going to get 40% of the vote the first time out. I think Kelly Loeffler edges um, Doug Collins as she gets in the runoff. People, even though they're going to be mad about that, they're going to unite against Kelly just to make sure Warnock does not get in office. Kelly Loeffler wants to see. No big deal. Um, I am going to comment about Mississippi. People really think Mike Espy is going to be Cindy Hyde-Smith. And no, Cindy Hyde-Smith does not have a big, gigantic um, piece of legislation she can run on. But guess what? 
if they're good, Mrs. Trump is going to win Mississippi, so they're not going to pull that lever for Mike Espy. Um, so the Republicans keep that seat. But this is my big sleeper, and I'm going to shut up about the Senate. Michigan. Gary Peters has been running scared up there, and there is a black guy named, I think his name is John James. John James. Uh, yes. He ran against Stabenow, who is the, the current senior senator um, in Michigan. And she barely won that seat against John James. I think Peters could be vulnerable enough to where that is my sleeper switch. I think it switches. I, I put it on my map, even though you can't show it. I put it on my map. I think that seat switches. So right now, I have Republicans winning 52 seats, Democrats winning 48. I think we keep the majority. Real quick about the governors, there's only two races to really look at for the gubernatorial um, seats. One is Montana, of course, a Democrat. I just said before, Steve Bullock is leaving to run for Senate. Um, I don't know too much about those candidates, but Bullock was very popular. I, Because I haven't heard anything about the candidates, I believe I can safely assume that eh, the Republicans are going to win there because Trump is going to win that state. And if Danes wins, Trump wins, of course, the governor is going to be red. But your state, Dayla, North Carolina, that's the one everybody's been watching. Dan Forrest, the lieutenant governor there, he has been running strong there. Um, he's been um, plastering ads about, like, um, about, uh, what was his name? Roy Cooper, the governor being a communist, being um, out of touch with North Carolina voters, which I think he is. Obviously, I think he... Um, I think Dan Forrest wins. It'll be razor thin because I think the, the state's going for Trump. I think the Senate seat, even though that's contested, and I didn't talk about that Senate seat, um, with Tom Tillis. I think Tillis wins around the same margin of error that Trump will win. So I'm giving that one to Dan Forrest. I'm giving you Lieutenant Governor's race because I got to meet that guy, Mark Robinson. Um, of course, you guys are going to keep that red. I think North Carolina just goes fully red. That is, those are my maps. Those are what I think, that's what I think is going to happen on election day. Um, I still want people to get out and vote and make your voice heard. But um, in my quote unquote little, profession, little known professional opinion, I think it'll be a decent day for Republicans, but I didn't even comment on the House. I, I'm, I'm conceding that right now. I think it's and it's a Republican's right to, to lose here, to pick up this ground. You've got the impeachment sham. You have the, the COVID pandemic, and you have Nancy Pelosi holding out on, on their, their stimulus deal because it's filled with poison. It's filled with crap deals. It cuts balances for the government. It gives a bunch of money and health care to illegal immigrants. It only cuts a $1,200 check for everyday Americans. Okay. We've been locked down for six months. Businesses have closed permanently. People have died. Mental health issues are on the rise. Domestic violence issues astronomically high. And they couldn't get a deal passed because she wants to hold it above everybody's head like you know, they're extortioning out for a deal here. When there are people hurting and just to do it as a political pawn and a political move. I think a lot of Americans know this. I think a lot of Americans are upset at Nancy and the House Democrats, how they've handled things. And I think that there's going to be a shift. I think there's some important races to look at. I think in uh, running against Rashida Tlaib, 
out in uh, Michigan. You got David Dudenhofer. I know some people work in that campaign. They're optimistic. Uh, not saying that any chance necessarily that he's going to win, but I think I think there's a little bit of nervousness going on out there in Detroit. I think that's something to watch come election day. Uh, Byron Donalds down here out of Naples, South Florida, Southwest Florida. I think he's uh, pretty much a safe bet here to take that seat, replace, and to keep that uh, seat red there in the House. And a uh, big one going on in North Carolina is Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> and, and what goes on there, I don't know. I've heard a lot of mixed opinions. I've looked at some data, looked at numbers, and I'm not entirely sure what's happening. Uh, I've seen that he's been trailing for a little bit, then I heard that he's pulled even now. I don't know, but I, I have a good idea that it's going to be a tough one to pull off. And so well, there's a few important house seats here up for grabs. I'll say this about Madison Cawthorn. I love Madison Cawthorn. I think his story is great. I think he'll um, make great decisions in the house. But this is, with these type of races, with Senate and House races, I always say this, politics is local. You cannot build a national platform and forget where you're at. It, it doesn't matter if people like you on a national platform when you're running for Senate or House. It depends on your job at that point, or you getting that job depends on, in, in Madison Cawthorn's case, uh, whatever district he's in in North Carolina, or for a Senate race like Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham needs to focus on South Carolina. He does not need to focus on what CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News says about him. As long as the people in South Carolina validate him or the people in North Carolina validate Madison, that's all they need to worry about. Because at the end of the day, America doesn't vote for them. Those districts vote for state. I wanted to say with Nancy Pelosi, people hate Nancy Pelosi, but here's the thing. Like I said, all politics are local. So people like their congressperson, but they hate Congress as a whole. So it's going to, so whatever is going on in those districts, I mean, it's their own fight, it's their own burden to bear. But um, hopefully, I, I I hope you're right. I'm optimistic about the house, but it, I, of course, like I said, I'd like to put in a good bit of skepticism in everything I I do and I think about. So I'm very skeptical. Now I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there, Dela. What have you noticed from going on around you? What you've seen? Um, well, I guess I don't really have much of a segment tonight, so I guess we can just like skip to mine because this is basically it. Um, so recently, I guess, in the culture, I've been having my ear to the ground. And besides the whole little Wayne coming out yesterday in, you know, support of Donald Trump and the platinum plan, which is, you know, really great to see that. Um Kamala Harris had a interview on The Shade Room today, which, you know, if anyone doesn't know out there, The Shade Room is literally the Instagram mecca um, of news and culture for the Black community. So she had her um, interview up there with the, sh um, the Shade Room. And it's quite interesting that, you know, I was going through the, I, you know, I, I see, I was watching the interview, seen it, cool. Nice job, whatever. Just seeing, seeing the comments because, you know, I had a lot of comments myself, but I choose not to engage on, on social media a lot. And um, I'm scrolling through these comments and I don't see one single positive 
comment underneath this post and i mean this is the art the audience right the it's for the culture it's um a black audience you know we we assume or at least the left assumes that we ain't black you know if we don't vote for the right you know we are literally just um tunneled vision towards the the left and the democratic party but I mean, when you read these comments, and I scrolled, guys, for a very long time, and when I tell you I didn't see one single positive comment, it blew my mind because uh, I think that the left is is scared right now, and I and that's why I I choose not to really worry or really be engaged. I'm not in, you know, I'm not a policy person. I don't know how to use this map or the predictions, but I really do feel that the left are, is really scared right now because. The, the black community is not putting in their vote the way they think that they are um, for Joe, a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ticket. So I, it brightened my day to see all those negative comments, you know, just calling Kamala Harris out, calling Joe Biden out. And why I bring this up is because two posts after this, this is today, guys, two posts after this, the shade room automatically or all of a sudden, um, you know, comes up with a four um, four page message where they're talking about basically censoring comments, right? Because it, it's too much. They're, of course, they're going to claim harassment and racial slurs and, oh, we want to have a safe space, a, a good environment. But literally the fact that you had to do that now, you know, They've been doing that to everybody disparaging black conservatives, not even black conservatives, just black, anybody else that says anything outside of the okay little small circle. They've been doing mm -hmm. that to everybody. They let that go. Yep. So it, it was just really exciting for me to see that or like, you know, it, it just proves to the fact that the, the, you know, the black community is, is waking up to different things and the left has no choice but to suppress this voice. They have to silence them, us. They have to block our comments, delete our, our, our um, pages from commenting on their posts because they, they can't combat it. It's not enough of them to combat, you know, the other side. So it's, it's interesting. They're very scared. I'm telling you guys, um, it's not going how they how they think it's gonna go. And I'm not really into polls too much because like we see, saw last election, polls just failed us. But I mean, there was a poll that came out today that says um, Trump support in the black community is up 31%, is up to 31%. And that's a number that I believe and I've, I've heard people like Joe Collins, Jesse Lee Peterson, other people out there on the ground saying that they truly believe it's higher than that. And I mean, from what I've been seeing on social media and what I'm seeing on the ground myself, being here in a battleground state, we're all we all live in battleground states essentially. I mean, being here on the, in a battleground state, I do feel the tide for Trump. The energy is on Trump's side. It's it's not on the left the way they they're pushing it or making it seem through the media. No, uh, definitely. Uh, for those of you that don't know uh, about the Lil Wayne endorsement and everything, yesterday it, it came yesterday. Um, I was. Uh, attending an event when I just saw it and people were telling me about it. I'm like, oh, really? Like, that's pretty cool. And so I pull it up here and, and he just says he just had a great meeting with the president and he, what he, you know, and, you know, besides what he's done for criminal justice reform, the platinum plan is going to give the community real ownership, expanding capital. And he listened to what we had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. And that's mm -hmm. what you want a leader to do to meet with your constituents to find a solution, to promise that you're going to go ahead and do it and deliver on it. And you yep. saw the contract with Black America. Who sat down and met with them? Only one side did. 
Well, on one mm -hmm. side, I was willing to listen to him. And the other side said, we already got your vote. We'll catch you after the election. See you later. And, yeah. and that's when they told the truth there. And, and people act so surprised and shocked here. Right. Right. Look, um, what I say about Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne is smart. He's always had a mind of his own. Um, and it, it, you know, some, some, I've heard people say, you know, rappers are dumb. Rappers are no, they're not. They're they're pretty smart individuals. They're and they have their own mind. Ice Cube has his own mind. Lil Pump has his own mind. Um, Lil Wayne has his own mind. And Fifty Cent, even though he was kind of beaten back to the plantation, <laughs> um, he has his own mind. And they make their own decisions. And they do their own research. Obviously, you just saw Lil Wayne make a, a very good argument, a well, a well written, concise argument that shows his support for the platinum plan, which showing his support for Trump. Um, so, if I'm I'm curious to see if the left cancels him now, um, like like they're trying to cancel Ice Cube and and they tried to get well. Um, they, they did cancel 50 Cent and he tried to will his way back in there. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm excited. I really don't think uh, 50 Cent got canceled, honestly. I don't whatever. They're all mad, but you can't cancel 50 Cent. He got shot nine times and he, he's bulletproof, you know? The man got shot nine times. You can cancel him, you can't kill him. That man is invincible. He can't go nowhere. We can hear you. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. Mom was tuning in. Love to see it. <laughs> Uh, what's up, y'all? What's up, Hunter? Hunter. Hey, Hunter. What's up, roommate? Good to see you, mate. Uh, Paolo Sebastian, any chance Republicans win the popular vote? I mean, yeah, I definitely think there's I think so. I, think so. I don't think we will see them, actually. I don't think we'll see that number, like a true number, but I think that we will, like, in, in actuality. <laughs> the popular vote, I'll say yes. There is a good possibility, but remember, Democrats are going to run up the score in California, in New York, um, and numbers have been closer than um, I would like for them to see. So you could, you could win a popular vote, then again, you might not. I mean, this is just random. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. I, I, mean, I was just going to say that this is a little random and off topic, but yesterday, you know, I was tuning into the Urban Conservative. Shout out to them, Rahim and um, Mr. Rahim and uh, Ali over there. Shout out to them 100%. So I was tuning into their podcast yesterday, and um, they had a few people from New a lot of people actually from New York, some people running for office, um, tuning in and giving their analysis on, you know, what's going on in New York. I'm a fellow New Yorker. I love New York and I love to hear what's going on over there. And I heard a lot of people over there really confident that, you know, saying New York is going red. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they feel like New York is going red. And I mean, all my friends there and I've been hearing the rhetoric and I mean, I don't know about the, it actually becoming a red state, but I mean, people are switching their vote. I would, I would, I'm interested to see those numbers in New York. It's that close, they look. To being red or becomes red, that changes everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm very interested to see those numbers. Uh, California, for what I've seen, they're they're doing big old Trump rallies in Beverly Hills in Hollywood. Yeah. People are showing up. Numbers are up. People are wow. fed up with the governor, and I think that's fueling a lot of it. Not even so much the president, just being tired of the governor. People are getting upset, and they're tired of it. Yeah. They're fed up. I think that. 
it still goes blue. You know, it'll be a solid blue, but I think the, the vote won't be as much as it was in 2016 as far as Democrat-wise. So I think there's a very good job for the popular vote there to be one if, you know, California doesn't go full tilt. You know. Christian, speaking of that, did you see the what the governor's new executive order is out there in California about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, no more than two <laughs> families together. Uh, you must be outside, no more than two hours. Uh, try not to sing. If you're going to sing, have a mask on. You should have a mask on at all times unless you're eating. And uh, avoid I, public parks if other people are there. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I couldn't live in California. I couldn't do it. I'll tell you what, people aren't going to do that, so they're not going to enforce it either. There's no way they can enforce it. There's no way that's going to happen. And even the thought that he had the power to say any of that or to try to enforce it or to even put it on paper, that is that's my problem. It's, there, there's a lot of the police, a lot of the police forces support the president, and a lot of people are just like, that's nonsense. We're not going to enforce that. There's a bigger fish to fry on Thanksgiving. Because people don't know this, the fire departments, that's when people burn their houses to the ground and bad things happen all the time on Thanksgiving. Do you think they're going to worry about people not wearing a mask? When you got to have first responders on alert 24-7 throughout Thanksgiving Day for horrendous accidents? And you're going to worry about uh, Jim and uh, Allie over there didn't have a mask on. Better go uh, write them a citation real quick. And Good. No. Speaking of masks, I mean, can we just, I'm sorry, guys, because, you know, masks is like a thing for me. Like, I just, ugh, I'm not a fan of wearing masks or whatever like that. And it's just so weird to me. Or, you know, every time Joe Biden is asked um, about masks or whatever coronavirus, he always says something about, you know, the top scientists in the world says or are, or are saying that if we just wear masks for two months, we could died out, the coronavirus will basically die down or whatever like that. So if that is the case, just my question, my next question naturally is, how do you intend to require people to wear masks? Like, what are you talking about if we just wear masks? Then the next question should be, how do you make that possible? And obviously that means a federal mask mandate. I mean, I personally don't want to vote for that. I think I think um, maybe moderators or journalists should make him state that, make him say that out of his mouth. But in my personal opinion, that's the only way you could make people wear masks is make a federal mask mandate, which I think is totally unnecessary and ridiculous. How do you guys feel about that? It's, it's a bad idea to do that. It's a bad idea to do that all around. I think what you're saying is right, but I also think that like if they do that, a lot of bad things are gonna happen. Um, people are already tense and fed up as it is. Yeah. And the whole thing was just like, Tom, gosh, you know, Tom Knight puts a nail on the head. He was, they've been wearing masks for months. He's in Nebraska. Mm. And the COVID cases are surging. We knew that the new wave, the wave was going to come regardless if we wore a mask or not. You can't escape it. We can't eradicate it. And these precautions that everybody's putting in here is like they're going to get rid of it. We already knew that we're not going to get rid of it like this. So why are we still acting like we are and putting people up masked up? In total nonsense. It makes no sense. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that, Tommy. It's, yeah, I'm like, what? What? What's the deal here? We two weeks of slow spread turned into six to seven months, and it killed business. It killed livelihoods of thousands, millions of people. And this is where we're at now with a, another resurgence of this going through again, like we knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we still killed the businesses anyways and shut uh, down the economy. I'll say this about a federal mask mandate: you can inst. It's like, um, how are they going to regulate it? Is it going to be like seat belts 
you know, I, federally we have to wear a seatbelt, right? But um, the only time where it's really enforced is when they pull you over. Are we going to start pulling people over or, uh, well, stopping people in their tracks saying, hey, I'm going to give you a ticket to wear a mask? That's idiotic. I mean, why wouldn't we when, I mean, just what, two days ago in New York, didn't they bust, bust dirt in during a religious uh, celebration that some people were having? And I, if I'm, I, I might be mistaken, but I believe it was in New York, like police officers literally busting in these people's homes and, you know, oh, were saying, yeah, yeah that we're saying that this like, is not, yeah. Anything. You guys just come in here and bust it yeah. in and just start, it's, go ahead and doing your thing without even just knocking it out so they go ahead and just bust in. All right, just searching through everything for what? Absolutely We have probable cause that, that you guys are being too loud. That means that there must be a lot of people here. So that means I get to bust in your door now. And that opens up a whole nother can of problems. That we're yeah, but that's my right. thing. That's my thing. That's just the, the federal mandates and the executive orders for coronavirus, in my opinion, just opens up a can of worms that, you know, diminishes uh, diminishes our individual freedoms and rights. In my opinion, I just think that it's just a, a opening of a can of worms. And yes, I do think that Joe Biden is the Trojan horse, like for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I, Truly believe it. I I read something today that Ilhan Omar 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 thinks that once Joe Biden gets into office, he will 100% be more progressive. So I mean, uh, I think everyone knows it. Everyone that's fighting behind him knows that he's going to be extremely progressive and yeah. <laughs> do, do, do whatever. Yeah, we had the playbook in a wait, and he's playing it just like Barack did. He gave the greatest speeches. Unfortunately, Joe can't do that. But Barack gave great speeches. He really reached out to voters. He said, I'm going to be president for all Americans, you know, here, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Let's work together. We're going to change it. You know, we're going to change it all. And then, and it went governed like a radical. And then governed like a radical, showed back four years later. Come on, come together as Americans again. And Mitt Romney ran a terrible campaign. And sure enough, people voted for him again. And they went and governed like a radical again. My goodness. It's, the same same thing is going to happen again. I'm the president for all Americans. And you look on his website and you look at the agenda, the Green New Deal's there. Act like, oh, we're not going to ban fracking. We're not going to end fossil fuel. Yes, you are. That's your plan. Your plan is to go carbon zero ASAP. And you're going to hurt and kill a lot of industry, a lot of the economy, and a lot of business, and a lot of people's lives. Hands down. And, and everybody like, oh, no, he's just not, he's not orange man, orange man bad. I'm like, you, that's, that's not a political argument. That's not it. That's not a policy. That's not based in anything other than resentment for a person, a human being, regardless of anything that they've actually done. My goodness. So that that's where I'm at with that. Um, I don't know if y'all have had a chance, but uh, I sent to y'all earlier the op-ed that the president wrote for his message to Black America, and I, I hope y'all had a chance to read it. Y'all haven't had a chance to read it. I'll actually I can drop the link in the comments. But it's it's really. It's it's him. It's I know that definitely the president said this because the way that the vernacular and all the writing is, it's definitely from him. It's not big words. It's not anything. It's how he speaks to people. It, it's honestly, it's something incredible. It's awesome. Yeah. And he Actually, says, I wanted to read it. Oh, I'm sorry. The link ahead. wasn't working. I was so sad. I was sad. Oh, wow. Oh, I hope it's working. It's so working for me. But, you know, 2016, the first thing he ever said to black Americans is, what do you have to lose? And then... Yeah. Now, he says in 2020, black Americans should be asking, how much more do we have to gain? We, we've seen so many right. good things happen in these last three and a half years or so 
a question would be this, that. It's, it's what have you done for me? What have you done for me lately? And the answer is a whole lot. And now you have so many more things to gain here. Not like, what do you have to lose? Like, it's been proven. The proof's in the pudding. It's right there for you. And I just feel like a lot of people don't even know or they don't care to know. And that's a shame because it's right there in front of them. All these great things that have happened, especially now with the platinum plan of all things. Generational. Oh, I'm sorry, Christian. Um, no, really, Christian, I sent you a video link. Can you try to pull that up so we can screen share that in a minute? Yeah, but yeah, but uh, I, I, I agree to a certain extent, you know, with the president. Um, personally, I feel like right now, I mean, to me, to me, because I'm a cultural person before I was into politics, everyone knows that I was down to the culture before politics. And for me personally, I feel like it's right now, it's not about what. Um, the media is doing a hit job on Trump. We all know this, right? But people who really believe the media and trust the media, they they think they believe this. So it's not about what what Trump has done or what what he can do for going forward. We okay, we understand that we you gave us the platinum plan. We appreciate it. I feel like right now, especially during this this campaign, kind of it was about highlighting what Joe Biden didn't do because that's who we need to you not to vote for. Uh, and statistically, a lot of black people, especially black men, have a struggle with voting like it, our numbers in our in our community uh like lack in the voting aspect i mean not during presidential elections but we know just in general in voting where our numbers are down so i mean i mean i think we definitely need to highlight the fact that joe biden is just not it especially for our community uh, uh, at least it's I, it might be a lesser of two evils things but i truly think that the highlight needs to be on Joe Biden. And that's why I sent you that link. And I I definitely want to play that video because what yeah. we need to understand first and foremost is that Joe Biden is a liar. <laughs> Number one. So I we can't trust video. anything that he, we, we cannot trust anything that he says. Um, this video just is just, just one of many things, but this is just something that we could just see straightforward with our own eyes and just piece together. This, the number one thing is that he is a liar and we can't afford to have a, a bold face, a bold face liar at that as our president, at least, you know, I'm not going to go into that, but a bold face liar like Joe Biden right here. <laughs> Uh, do you support, as they do in Alaska, granting same-sex benefits to couples? Absolutely. Do I support granting same-sex benefits? Absolutely, positively. Look, in an Obama-Biden administration, there will be absolutely no distinction from a constitutional standpoint or a legal standpoint between a same-sex and a heterosexual couple. The fact of the matter is that under the Constitution, we should be granted uh, same-sex couples should be able to have visitation rights in the hospital, joint ownership of property, uh, life insurance policies, etc. That's only fair. It's what the Constitution calls for. And so we do support. We do support making sure that that committed couples and the same-sex marriage are guaranteed the same constitutional benefits as it relates to their property rights, their rights of visitation, their rights of insurance, the rights of ownership, as as heterosexual couples do. Governor, would you support expanding that beyond Alaska to the rest of the nation? A lot of it grows closer and closer towards redefining the traditional definition of marriage between one man and one woman. And unfortunately, that's sometimes where those steps lead. But I, I also want to um, clarify if there's any kind of suggestion at all from my answer that I would be anything but tolerant of adults in America choosing their partners, choosing relationships um, that uh, they deem uh, 
best for themselves. You know, I am tolerant and I have uh, a very diverse family and group of friends. And even within that group, you would see some who may not agree with me on this issue, some very dear friends who don't agree with me on this issue. But um, in that tolerance also, no one would ever propose, not in a McCain-Palin administration, to do anything to prohibit, say, visitations in a hospital or um, contracts uh, being signed, negotiated between parties. But I will tell Americans straight up that I don't support uh, defining marriage as anything but between one man and one woman. And I think through nuances, we could go round and round about what that actually means. But I'm being as uh, straight up with Americans as I can in uh, my non-support for anything but a traditional definition of marriage. Let's try to avoid nuance, Senator. Do you support gay marriage? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a, from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people will practice their face the determination what you call. You could basically pause it now. I mean, he basically, the rest of it, he goes in to say that he absolutely agrees with Sarah Palin. They absolutely have the same um, views of pin, like uh, ideology, I guess, when it comes to same-sex marriage. I mean, fast forward to 2020, Joe Biden supports same-sex marriage in, in its entirety. Um, he supports the LGBTQ um, plus IA community in its entirety. I mean, he probably doesn't remember that he ever would uh, align and agree with a Miss Sarah Palin. So it's very interesting. That was what, six, eight years, short years ago? Yeah, the first presidential, Barack Obama, they were opposed to gay marriage. What was it? Yes. Was it, was it yes on Prop 8? Or is it no? I can't remember. It was Prop 8. I can't remember. They they all said, "Oh, we don't we don't support you know marriages between a man and a woman." Traditional. That's what they believe. And Hillary Clinton was on the same trend as they all were too. And also in 2012 comes everything. The biggest flip flop you ever saw in your life. Boom. So yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. And that I mean that's just what I I'm pretty sure this is just one of many flip flops, right? Like we're. I'm a Gen Z, right? This is just one that I can pinpoint in my lifetime. This man has been in office double the time of yeah. years that I've been alive. He's, you know, how many times has he flip-flopped like that in the past 40 years? How many times has he done it and it's not even caught on, on film because, yeah. you know, social media is this new thing. So, I mean. And the whole thing is we don't know where he stands. That raises the question is, does he have any real convictions about anything? Does he genuinely care about anything? Does he actually have a stance on anything? Because he goes back and forth so much just to say what people want to hear. And people yeah. don't even know where he stands on it. And that should be the biggest red flag to everybody, regardless if you actually disagreed. If, if he had a real stance and stood by it, I'd disagree with him, but I'd respect it because he was being real about it. But flip-flopping everywhere, my goodness. Yeah, I don't think that's a red flag for the left. I think that's exactly what they want. They want someone who they can push around. Like I said, the Trojan horse, they can just bring in someone, a household name, right? We're familiar with Joe Biden, especially during the COVID time where, you know, things were locked down. People couldn't go out to different valleys and see, hear from who they wanted to hear from exactly the way it, it, it usually is. I mean, he's just a household name, right? Familiar face, but he he's out of it. Like a lot of people are questioning his, his health, right? I mean... He's out of it. And I mean, 
they know that and they is he's a perfect candidate for them to just you know bring in whatever they want because he doesn't stand on on much of anything um uh, there's been you know everyone I, and Kamala Harris's 60 minute interview she was asked you know that you know you don't agree with Joe Biden during the debate you really didn't agree with him on anything so how can you now be his running mate and you know she just has this like you know this smile that you know, if you look at her, you really understand that she knows that she could walk all over him. It's not a Biden administration. It's a Harris administration. It's a Harris and AOC plus three and whoever, you know, the progressive left, that, that's their administration. And it's a DNC administration. How about that? It's just the it's whole the administration. administration. It's just, it's whatever they want. It's a progressive socialist administration at this point <laughs> with Joe Biden's face on it. It's the devil's administration, Dayla. That's what it is. It's the devil is the exorcist. I saw it on television. That's what it is. It's so, you know, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and AOC and the squad, those are the folks that he's going to listen to. He's going to listen to people that's not even in politics um, that wants to comment on it. He's going to listen to people that um, are not that did not study economics, did not study their fields. They're, they're, he's going to listen to people that are feelings people that vote and create policy on their feelings. He needs, he, if, if by some reason he gets in there, he has to listen on facts. He has to listen that, okay, if I don't open up America, we're going to fall to, we're going to fail. And, and it's, it's going to be my fault. And it should, and I don't want it to be my fault. So let me listen to people that actually have degrees, because that's what Trump did. Trump listened to people that actually had degrees and and stuff. He put a lot of economic people in his administration. He did that. Will Joe Biden do it? No. He's going to put people in there that that feel their way through, and and that's what America is doing right now. They want to feel better. Okay, do you want to feel better or do you want to starve and not have a house? That's the choice we're making. And this is what I've noticed is that the DNC, Joe Biden, them have put a lot of money into this election. Way more money than Trump and his his team and his campaign team has. And what's going to come with that, the consequences of that is if he is elected, he's got to start doing favors for those people that put him in the mm -hmm. first place. So how he governs is going to be basically what they're going to ask him to do for them. Whether that's exactly. big tech companies, whether that's you know AT and T paying people out, whether whatever type of big company sort of lobbyists out there, they're going to have a big pull on what's going to happen in that administration. There's mm -hmm. no way because look where the money that money didn't come organically from people from from right. everyday Americans. That money didn't come from everyday Americans. No, 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 no. No, that's mm -hmm. you're talking Fortune 100, 500 companies. You're talking corporations. You're talking big names. You're talking millionaires and the billionaires. All right. You're talking those big names, and those people generally back blue Democrat. They they vote that way. They support that way. They've got some things in mind, and I think he's going to have to listen to what they've got to say. And I don't necessarily know if it's going to be the AOC wing type of stuff, but it's definitely going to be what they have in mind. And it's not going to. And when you talk about making them pay their fair share, there's no way they're going to be paying what's called their fair share or whatever they think that is if they're the people funneling money into this election like that. Because you'd be a fool to just vote voluntarily to give your money away like that. So I don't buy it. I think the funny money is there. And I think that, you know, something shady is going on, you know, for sure, hundred percent with that money that's coming in. So I, I'm hundred percent with it like that. So, man.
And what do we got next on the docket here? Boom. Ah, the woke sports segment. So uh, in news today, the NBA reported a loss of uh, $8 billion uh, this season. Uh, a good chunk of that was due to the relations with China, thanks to Daryl Morey and his support for the Hong Kong protest protesters and the freedom movement. Also with the bubble happening, the loss of fans, people not tuning in on TV, and they're expected if they don't have fans and stands again next year, they're going to lose like an additional like $10 billion or so again. So they're going to be losing a lot more money if they don't put fans and stands and they don't get the season started. They've already said they're not going to put BLM on the courts. They're going to get rid of that stuff. They're going to try to make it really marketable again. They're, they're, they sold out. They know, they know it backfired on them. They know what's up. So they're not going to go ahead and do that anymore, which is, you know, it's, it's dumb. It was dumb in the first place. It's still dumb now. So, yeah, you guys lost I think that's a lot. testament also to, like, America, right? Like, yeah. that, that, that what the media tries to portray that, you know, oh, everyone is with Black Lives Matter. Everyone supports this cause, everything like that. But, I mean, it, it's not the truth. I mean, businesses are losing money left and right. I'm seeing people come out saying they're pulling out of just different businesses in general because they're supporting Black Lives Matter, because they're, you know, stripping people's freedom, like, enforcing yeah. things that, that's unnecessary. So it's, it's very interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it too, loss of money. How much money does the Chinese market have in America? When you look at their influence in the NBA, because I think it's more. There's way more money in the, than just the NBA. There's mm. way more money, and, and, the, and the power that they have within there. The fact that you can't criticize their government on their website. You couldn't order a jersey with a free Hong Kong on the back. They censor it out. You couldn't order it. They wouldn't let it. You couldn't bring in free Hong Kong signs to there because if it shows up in China, they blacklist it off television. They don't get to broadcast it. They cut it off. There's no freedom of speech out there. They put Christians, Muslims, Buddhists in concentration camps. And the NBA is complicit and just says, yeah, we got to keep quiet about that. Can't hurt the money stream. But social justice and, you know, justice, you know, everywhere. Got to have justice everywhere, right? You know, so you know, it really opened up the can of worms and it kind of exposed them for what they were. I, so I really want to thank Daryl Morey for that. Uh, and grad, congratulations to him on getting a job with the 76ers, uh, heading basketball operations. Great. Hope great stuff happens in his future there. And yeah, no, honestly, it's either all okay or none of it's okay. And that's how it should have been yeah. from the get-go. And that's not what they did. They talked about, oh, free speech and we got to you know, speak out injustice. But it was a one-way street there. You can crap on America, but you can't crap on other people that put money in. You know, because money as American citizen, and they let them crap on our flag in our country all the time. But we say one thing to about just freeing protesters in China, and they straight up, nope, can't do that. And money's involved there. So a lot of people should be fed up and upset and be asking questions about this. They really should be. Uh, other news, you got big endorsements for the president from Jack Nicholas, uh, historic fame golfer. Uh, PGA champion, one of the greatest of all time, put down on his Twitter yesterday to go vote. And then on the bottom, you know, he says that he's voting for the president and he cites why, all of his accomplishments and what it means to be a patriotic American. And of course, all the blue check marks, including all the sports journalists, very, very lefty, are all saying how divisive it was and what he's doing and this and that. Now, they're all mad and they're saying shut up and dribble. But I'm like, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street here now. So, you know, Jack Nicholas isn't allowed to have an opinion, even if he's one of the greatest of all time, and he's one of the goats out there, and he can't have an opinion. Okay, whatever. And then Brett Favre came out this morning, you know, famed quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and he came out and said he's supporting the president in this election too. And that honestly might have some good pull in Wisconsin, you know, for all it's worth, man. They love their Packers, and they worship them religiously. 
Brett Favre has a great history out there in Green Bay. I think it could help out big time. You know, I think it's I think it's bigly. Uh, as much as people like ah oh, celebrities, who cares what they say? Culture matters. American yeah. politics is downstream from the culture, and people yeah. that don't understand that will not win anything. I got a funny endorsement for you that um, it's from a quarterback, but did, did you see Jay Cutler endorse Trump? Old Jay Cutler, man, love that guy. It was always fun to play against him. <laughs> yeah, on, he, he was always good for five or six interceptions a game when we played against right. him. Well, he was a pro bowler like two or three times, so. Yeah. Uh, Jake Nelson says, Republican opinions have been and always will be suppressed because we support freedom, liberty, and life. Uh, I mean, as long as the people that are in the positions that they are with big tech have any say about it, I think that on the on the internet, online, I think we're going we're gonna to be in an uphill battle for a long time. Uh, contact your local congressmen, your representatives, your senators. Let them know that big tech is, you know, they got to adhere to some of these rules. We need to repeal, what is it, goodness, is it 230? 230? That's their communications protection bill that doesn't allow them to be sued. Um, there's got to be some, you know, when you're literally not letting information to be spread that's actual a legitimate source talking about Hunter Biden's laptop from the New York Post when you're blocking and suspending accounts like Kaylee McKenney and other people like that. We're in an uphill battle here and they're literally trying to shut people out and erase them. So I think, you know, it's an uphill battle for sure. And I think we got to get loud and vocal about it. Can't retreat to the shadows. It's time to be louder than ever because those people at this point, not like they're, because Charlie said it before, they're more powerful than the government, but in a sense, they're not afraid of the government by any means. They can do whatever they want. And they're not worried about it. They go ahead and testify in front of Congress and their stock goes up by, you know, three, four points right after. Why? Because people are investing because they know nothing's going to happen to them. They're, they're, it's all bark, no bite. Ted Cruz did a great job grilling Jack Dorsey. Yeah, I commend him for it. I don't see anything coming from it until we get something changed here legislatively that allows them to be held accountable. And so until then, we're going to be in an uphill battle fighting censorship on college campuses, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all sorts of all around academia and just every day in the culture when it comes to Hollywood, uh, television. You see them doing it in Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, indoctrinating on a general basis. They don't even let kids define what gender is anymore. They got all these funny, goofy cartoons out there just trying to mold the minds of young people and warp it. And it's it's disgusting. You hate to see it. And we got to keep fighting every day. Oh, thanks for watching, Jake. I appreciate it. Jake is an old friend of mine from Clinton, Mississippi. And we'd love to see the support out from everywhere. Man, uh, final thoughts here, guys. Election day coming up Tuesday. What's your final thoughts and predictions? Well, everyone is saying, everyone that I've like, I watch and like look up to and stuff like that for um, politics is saying that Trump wins in the landslide. Everyone feels pretty confident. The president himself seems really, really confident. Um, I don't want to seem overly confident or be overly confident. I just really do believe because like everything that we're seeing on the ground, especially in the black community, is just pointing towards a Trump victory. I'm hearing, you know, from people I, I know personally, you know, that aren't into politics at all. They they don't do not like Biden and they will not vote before they vote for a Biden Harris ticket. So, you know, they, this is just interesting to see and I'm excited to for next week for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jake, real quick, back in here. He's surprised that our page hasn't been suppressed yet. Shadow banned. Um, 
I'm not going to lie. That would be flattery because our page isn't big enough to get shadow banned just yet. I don't think we, have, we haven't taken off the ground big enough to, to hit that level of people not seeing our stuff. I don't think yeah, I'm sure they will. Trust me. Like, uh, it's just Facebook and the shadow ban. So much been going on. I've been seeing it so much. And what you were talking about um, earlier with New York Post getting banned and um, Kaylee McEnany getting banned, like, this is this that's insane. Those are you know blue check mark accounts that are getting banned. If those can get banned with like you know just the snap of the finger, um, imagine how many you know regular everyday just really active you know activists or you know social media warriors whatever however they choose to do you know go about their lives they're getting suppressed for freedom of speech you know our First Amendment right. So I think if if a Biden Harris administration gets in, we can just you know look forward to seeing more of that. So. Yeah. Scary stuff. Paolo, can TPSA survive conservatives lose the election? Absolutely, because the movement isn't based on one person or yeah. one election. It's based on the people right. that fight every single day on the front lines, on the streets, soldiers, boots on the ground, people like us every day. A hundred percent. You know, uh, we're in for the long haul here. You know, uh, this this movement was around during the Obama administration. I think we're going to be just fine. So. Uh, I'll say I think we'll be just fine. I think the organization will be just fine. I think a lot of other organizations will be just fine. Yeah. Um, as far as just MAGA influencers and people that are just on the whole Trump train, I mean, that's it's already got a timestamp on that. So I don't know what they'll be doing later on after that election in 2020 or 2024. So that's a big question to ask right there. Um, as far as nonpartisan, nonprofit freedom movements, I think they'll be just fine, personally. Yeah. And I, what I tell my students, like, because, you know, I, I work with HBCUs and my students always ask me that question, like, oh, you know, what if Trump doesn't win? Like, kind of like that, like, brings down our morale or whatever. Like, it's like our team lost or whatever. But in my opinion, I just say that should just boost up your energy, right? Because at that point, it's like you get to point out in real time all the, the BS of the left, right? Like, you get to point out in real time and show people that their policies do not work for us. And this is why that, you know, for the next three and a half years, we're going to be on the ground and we're going to, this is what we're going to do to fight and make sure that, you know, oh, 31% went to the Republicans this, out of the black community this election. Oh, now 62% plus is that coming out of the black community going over to the right. So I'm, if, if, if that happens, I'm excited either way because I can't wait just, just to, you know, point out to the left that their policies are detriment to us and, and we can, you know, Point it out in real time, finally, I guess. Pablo, think about it like this. I think Turning Point expands even more Trump loses. Because now we're there is obviously more of a need for us to, to educate about limited government, about why free market capitalism is the best economic system, about why First Amendment rights are important and should not be overturned because all of our, think about it, all of our amendments can be overturned. I mean, prohibition was overturned by an amendment. So we, we have to start thinking about that. Um, so do we survive as a as an organization? Hell yeah. <laughs> I think man, we're gonna be just fine, man. And, and at the end of the day, uh, I know God's in control. I don't gotta worry about that. There you it's go. Than me. Uh, bigger than us. Yeah, I know he's watching. He's in control. You know, but again, I do hate to lose. So I will be doing everything. In my <laughs> that does not happen now. Yeah. But I know that we're okay. I know that we'll be all right. So, I mean, that's, that's what I think about it. Um, I think this election could be really close. 
Um, I think he either wins a close one or I think he blows him out the water. Uh, I, I think I think old, uh, old Donald Trump blows him out the water. It's a close one. When we eat it out, um, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I think Arizona come down to the wire. We need to pick up Arizona. I think we got a shot to do it. If we pick up Arizona, I'm going to be very, very confident on election night. I will be very, very confident on election night. We pick up Arizona. I, I still have healthy skepticism. Um, well, maybe a little unhealthy skepticism because I do it a little bit more than anybody else. Um, I still think Trump wins it. I still think it's, it's a squeaker. I still think this goes on for a few weeks. But um, I'm optimistic that the energy I've seen, I mean, I've only been to one MAGA rally in my life, and it was right here in Macon, Georgia. Um, but the energy, the support um, for Trump, the support for just conservatism as a whole, it was mind blowing. It was mind boggling. It was amazing. You, it, I, I got tired a little bit, but when the Trump and it was right around the time Trump actually got on stage. But when Trump got on stage, the energy it woke me right up, and I was up for like another five or six hours. It's amazing what's about to happen on Tuesday. I, I do believe. I do believe it. I still have my skepticism, but I'm going out on a limb here. I'm hoping. Sir, sir, man, I mean, gotta. I'm very pragmatic when it comes to these things, but I'm optimistic, man. I'm optimistic. I, I think real, but I also think we got a real shot here. So I'm pretty. Right. So, you know, it's, it's legit. So, man, it was a it was a great one today. A lot of stuff we got to unpack. Happy for it. Uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday night. Y'all tune in. Go Birds. <laughs> Oh, come on. It's a game between two teams that are – y'all are going to win. Yeah. Say – my man's saying God is in control. Yes, he is. That's right, bro. That's right. He is. Amen. Good to see you, man. Hopefully we see you later on this December, West Palm Beach. I know you sent that application, yeah. man. Hopefully get you, get you out there. Yes, sir. Hope to see you soon. But, yes, he is. Remind yourselves every day, y'all. Man. Yeah, well, I'm excited, guys. The next time we'll be doing this little shindig is after the election, and we'll have a a reelected president or a brand new vice president turned president. So we'll see. Optimism, optimism is everything. And so, uh, so is the work. We're optimistic because we work for it, all right? It's not just optimism. Okay. I hope something good happens because we work for it, y'all. Yeah. All right. We'll be blessed. Have a great rest of your Friday nights. We'll catch y'all next Friday. We'll see you. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in.